0: Good afternoon, patriots. You are tuned into Living with Liberty, your source for common sense and truth. I am your host, Ryan. Today we'll talk about turning the element of surprise back on our elected officials by actually holding them accountable. We'll talk about the receding wokeness floodwaters. I'll cover the CDC's decree for the vaccinated elite and finish up with some promising economic news as it relates to America's economic standing in the long term. All next on Living with Liberty. Are we still getting surprised? It seems some of us might be. We're still getting surprised by things like book cancellations by the likes of Amazon and publishers and maybe even more so by how Trump has not ridden in on his white horse yet to reclaim his spot as president. And my crystal ball here says that March 20th will come and go also with no Trump, and we'll still have Biden wandering around the White House in his bathrobe and slippers eating pudding. If we are being honest with ourselves, we haven't necessarily been playing offense yet either. Some factions of the conservative movement are still holding out that hope for Trump to swoop in and and take back the White House. Some chatter out there still about, you know, a civil war, and some just haven't gotten up off the mat yet. To be sure, we have those who are not surprised by anything that's going on anymore, and those are the people that have been sounding the alarm on what may be coming next. Are we surprised that we still need to move outside our comforts to effect real change? It's not an easy road ahead. Nobody says it was, and I don't think anybody uh, sees that it is. And it's going to require sacrifice, though, If if we are going to take our country back. We have to do more than be surprised and outraged when Amazon kicks another Social media off its servers or bans a book from its website that it deems incompatible with its worldview and political policies. We have to be willing to do more than just complain about it when it happens. We have to be willing to take action and inflict real material loss on a company, in this case, like Amazon, that is in obvious opposition to what I would say most Americans actually stand for. Is it convenient to get things delivered to your house? Absolutely it is. Is it convenient to be able to go into an app or a, a website and kind of scroll through and shop on there and type things into the search and have tons and tons of recommendations put forth at the, you know, click of a mouse? Absolutely. It's that's you know, uber convenient. But is that convenience worth funding a company that will then turn around and take those profits it made off of you and fund the politicians who want to strip our liberties away from the people. Is it worth the convenience to give that company the money and the clout to ban books and kick social media platforms off its servers and out of its web store? Absolutely not. Is it worth a funding a company that is in essence buying the political clout to rig the system for its own gain. Again, I would say it's not. I mentioned before that real material loss would be inflicted on Amazon if 10% of Prime members didn't renew their memberships and then stopped using Amazon altogether. Those losses would be in the billions and would be too hard for any company or board of that company to ignore. Are we willing to step outside our comfort zone and contact our representatives to voice our opinions? Are we willing to get past the mindset of they just do what they want in order to do so, in order to contact them and voice our opinions? Why do they just do what they want? Because we the people do not hold them accountable. We do not contact them with our opinions and wishes for policy and, and bills that are put forth. We need to remind our elected officials, and you've probably heard it before, maybe you've noticed it, but I don't ever use leaders. They are not our leaders. That would imply that they rule over us. I almost always will use elected officials to refer to our political class. And if you ever catch me calling them a leader, please call me out on it. I. I, like I said, I try real hard not to because they aren't leaders. They serve at our pleasure. We need to remind them constantly that they work for us. I posted this Dwight Eisenhower quote on my social media accounts a week or so ago, and I think it's worth mentioning again as it goes along with our theme here. It reads as follows. We the people elect leaders not to rule but to serve. Now Eisenhower Eisenhower uses leaders there, but he says elect leaders. and in the context, you know, he's saying not rule but serve, so we'll let we'll let it slide. That's the quote, right? Now you may be saying, Ryan, that was almost 70 years ago when Eisenhower said that. Times are different now. Well the only thing that's different is we've bought into the lie that elected officials are somehow our rulers because the illuminated box with the talking morons told us so. These people are public servants who serve at our pleasure. We have the power to hire, and we have the power to fire them. And we don't use the power to fire nearly enough. You may be saying, they won't listen. No, I... That may be partially true. It's a very hyper-partisan environment right now. And these elected officials get in their head that they were actually elected on, on their platform of whatever nonsense it may be. So that may be partially true. I'm not going to discount that totally. There are those ideologues out there that don't listen, that do fancy themselves as elites and rulers over the deplorable class. Now, I've mentioned it before, and many of you, I think know, I must I am a supporter of the Convention of the States. I've done a few segments on my show about it, and my friend Tom of the Tommy C show has done an entire show about it and I mentioned it again in a recent show. Many states are getting legislation together to formalize calling a convention of the states, including mine here in Wisconsin. Now, I called both of my representatives. Uh, my representative in our assembly, which would equate to state house if you have state houses, and my uh, state senate representative to voice my support for getting resolutions passed for Wisconsin to join the Convention of the States. And my support for that Convention of the States needed to be limited to the topics of balancing the federal budget, congressional term limits, and limit the power and jurisdiction of the federal government. Now, my state senator's office, when I called and spoke with them about this, told me that there was support most definitely amongst our uh, Senate Republicans and even many Assembly Republicans here for the balanced budgets and limits on federal jurisdiction topics of, of calling a convention of the states, but not necessarily for the congressional term limits, since the people can just vote them out. But I was insistent on the term limits piece with my senator's office, and I gave them some examples. I gave them the example of the presidential term limits and how that would fall under the same line of thinking that they had just given me. Well, why do we have presidential term limits? We could just vote a president out. Yet someone can only serve two terms as president we have a presidential term limit. I gave them the example of if we don't term limit, then there should be age limits, like what major companies do with their CEOs, because it's demonstrated that as we age, our mental acuity does decline. It's different for everyone, and it's not precipitous, but you, you know, you're know you not as sharp mentally at 85 as you were at 45 or even 25. There's no beating father time here. And then I left uh, left them and with this kicker here, that without term limits for Congress, this whole horrid cycle of the lifers blaming the president who is term limited for their shortcomings will continue. We either need to term limit all of them or none of them. Remove the one for the president then. You know, the president uh, term limit came about because FDR decided he was too good to adhere to the gentleman's tradition of all presidents before him of limiting themselves to two terms. And the people, you know, started to somewhat get afraid, I guess, of of the president becoming a monarch. We effectively have a monarchy right now with how long these congressional politicians hang on to office. I mean, you look at Feinstein, who's out in California there, who's now eighty seven and has filed papers again to run. Her term's not up for four years. She'll be ninety one in four years when she's planning to run again. You have Chuck Grassley on our side here on the conservative side. that's eighty nine. No word yet if he's going to run or not. I think his term's up in a couple of years. and you have a lot, Nancy Pelosi's 80. Now, why the hell is anybody working when they're 80 and 87 and talking about working when they're 91? I mean, hell, look at Joe Biden. He's he's 78, and he's in obvious cognitive decline. Now, lo and behold, when the resolutions did come out, uh, when they were posted on uh, on our legislature's website, There was language in them for the Convention of the States that limited the amending process to balancing the federal budget, limiting federal jurisdiction, and for term limits of Congress. Now, I'm definitely not saying here that my one call tipped the scales on on getting support for term limiting Congress, but I'm sure it was part Of a broader team effort of people calling in for their support or emailing for their support of a convention of the states that was limited to those three topics. If our officials do not hear from us, then yes, they most certainly will do what they want to do. But if they hear from us and we make our expectations clear, and we have a good sense that there's a strong majority of others out there that have had the same contact and are voicing the same opinions to them, and they still do what they want, then we need to hold them to account and be vocal with them about doing so, and even up front be telling them that we will be doing so. The thing that these elected officials fear most is losing power. We need to put that fear back into them by primarying them, and then outright threatening our vote in that primary. Tell them we will be voting for whoever's running against them in that primary, If they, especially if they're going to keep voting against the will of the people. Now, switching gears a bit, we may have hit peak wokeness, and the river may be starting to recede a bit here. I have an interesting American Greatness article by Victor Davis Hansen titled, Hitting Woke Herd Immunity? I'll link it in the description box. In this article, Victor Davis Hanson notes a couple of polls that were conducted recently that suggest wokeism is on the decline. Now, one is poland specific uh, shows a steep decline in BLM trust amongst Americans and then a corresponding increase in support for the police. Now, the poll is a USA Today poll, not exactly a bastion of conservatism, but the numbers are at least directionally correct. From June of last year until now, BLM support among Americans has dropped 10%. Like I said, it's a USA Today poll that seems a little bit low to me maybe from from what I'm seeing, but at least it's directionally correct. And then it also notes that support for local police has increased by 13%. Well, now imagine that. An organization that is run by avowed Marxists, and that ideology is in direct conflict with that of the majority of Americans, dare I say. And that organization's mission is stated as disrupting the Western nuclear family. Imagine that they're losing support as more and more people are either getting tired of their stupidity or have actually started checking into things for themselves instead of listening to the likes of the Joy Reads or Brian Stelters out there. Maybe those are the same people who live in areas where their local officials defunded the police and now they are seeing what the disastrous ramifications of that are. At any rate. Wokeism has to subside, or it will destroy civilized society. A point Victor Davis Hansen makes in his piece. He states, and I quote, that peak wokeness is nearing because of if it continued in its present incarnation, then the United States, as we know it, would cease to exist, in the sense that 1692 to 1693 Salem or 1793 to 1794, Paris could not have continued apace without destroying society. Now, because of this fact, because this type of movement always eats itself alive, it does not mean that we can lay back and just let it burn itself out. If we, you know, if it will do that, but we must keep fighting back against the absurdities of wokeism in order to preserve our cultural norms and history. I mentioned a show or two ago that we need to not change our norms of behavior, nor give in to the PC-speak taking hold. We also need to defend those things the left will go after once they realize they won't be able to intimidate conservatives that we will just push back and continue on with our lives. You know, these things like Dr. Seuss getting canceled, That that is really, you know, honestly, it's kind of a dead horse. I hate to throw it in here, but I'm throwing it in here anyway. And now Pepe Le Pew uh, getting targeted by by cancel culture. And what it looks like here now is, you know they're getting some pushback from conservatives on some of the other things like canceling our history and cultural norms etc. so now the left is targeting things where the creator is no longer around to defend and speak out against the absurdity of canceling their their creation, their projects, their books and and animations. Now you know we're we're looking at this and they're canceling something that first of all was made or written many decades ago, so the times and contexts obviously have changed. But in the case of Dr. Seuss, Dr. Seuss was very much not a racist. His books were advocating for the exact opposite. They were much aligned with what Martin Luther King uh, Jr. uh, espoused and Pepe Le Pew, I mean, their their reason was because it's promoting race, rape culture, uh, whatever that is. I, it's, it's a word salad to me. I didn't know there was a rape culture that Im- implies that there's some separate uh, whatever. <laughs> I, but to, to, to say Pepe Le Pew because, you know, he's an amorous French skunk was promoting that because he was chasing the female skunk around. I mean, hell, go, honestly, go look at a playground of, of children that, you know, and you've got the the ones with crushes on each other. They're kind of doing the same thing, right? I mean, come on. You know, if, if we stand up to them, they'll continue to turn their attention elsewhere. If we stand up and say, no, you're not going to cancel Dr. Seuss. You're not going to cancel Pepe Le Pew or the Muppets or whatever else. Just say we're we're gonna keep watching and buying stuff, or you know we're we're gonna do a boycott. We'll keep buying this stuff and supporting these things because we like them and they're a part of our history. They eventually will turn our attention elsewhere, and usually it's on themselves because let's admit it they're they're apologetic. Woke uh, consciences won't allow them to to stand up. They'll just bow down and and you know. Beaten down on themselves and you know they'll consume themselves that way. Now let's think about this though in, in the context of how they contain forest fires. Firefighters will go out ahead of a forest fire and do a backburn where they'll start a control a controlled burn back to the main fire itself, eliminating the fuel. From which that main fire is drawing its energy and consuming forest and brush and whatever else fires consume when there's a massive forest fire. Unfortunately, sadly, animals too. Um, but, you know, we, that's one of the methods they use to, to con- control of, uh, out of kind of a raging forest fire. Now, we need to do a backburn of our own on cancel culture. It goes back to being surprised before. We can't be surprised anymore. We have to get out ahead of it. We have to see what they're doing. We know, okay, now they're going after uh, items and cartoons and books that creators aren't around to to defend themselves anymore against it. And yeah, maybe it's there so long ago, nobody even really pays attention, doesn't care. We need to get out ahead of that and light a backburn of our own so we can consume the the fuel ahead of this raging cancel culture fire take away any remaining remnants that it can use and consume uh, and it'll cause it to die out no i want to have a couple i have a couple uh, more points from the victor davis hansen piece here before i move on first he notes and i quote again no society can long exist if it believes that its own founding principles its customs and traditions Its very origins are evil and must be erased. Now, we have a strong patriotic movement here and going on in our country that Trump has started. And I think it's starting to wake up a little again. I think some of the the post-inauguration stuff starting to wear off. People are perking up again. You know, it seems to be growing daily. There's tons of people out there who love the principles that this country was founded on. They love the principles that this country stands for. We have a, a a lot of patriots out there who love the Constitution and who love and embrace the history of this great country of ours, the good, the bad, and the ugly of it. Tearing all these things down leaves us with nothing. Now it would leave these leftist cancel culturists and whatever you want to call them, you know, who think it's such a great idea to do you know, this tear down of our entire culture and history, it'll leave them looking around at each other while they're sipping on their soy lattes, and they'll be asking each other, now what after they've destroyed our country? Because there will be no purpose or principle on which the country could stand any further. Our best course of action here is to embrace our history, learn from all of it, good, bad, and ugly, so that we do not repeat the mistakes of the past, and that we are able to form a more perfect union as our Constitution states. Now, the other point that Victor Davis Hansen makes is this one. If evil white people founded an evil system solely for their own evil purposes, why would anyone non-white dare risk his life to eat from the alluring fruit of the inherently long-ago poisoned tree. Well, now, it must not be that bad if people are risking life and limb and getting connected with some really bad actors to cross many miles from wherever Central America up through Mexico to cross our border illegally. Our country must not be that bad if if there's all kinds of, of uh, caravans of people trying to get here. You know, Though, may we might be able to make a case that some of this might be in part to the handouts that the Biden administration wants to give them. That might have something to do with it, but, you know, overall, even that, you know, is a handout really enough that, that they're not, honestly, they're not big handouts. Well, I take that back. I guess it depends on which state you end up in and how much the federal government's going to continue to fund them. But, you know, is it even in that regard, is that really, is this country really that, you know, if this country was really that bad, I would think you wouldn't, you'd kind of say thanks, but no thanks on that. You know, your country's horrible. We don't want to go there. I mean, I'm certainly not going to, if, if, let's say, if if North Korea opened up their borders, I mean, are you really going to? Take and, and they were offering huge handouts. Are you really going to go there for the handout? I mean, you know, kind of let's think about that one for a second. All right, so on to our next topic. You know, I don't want anybody to worry. Don't worry. Our overlords at the CDC have issued a decree concerning those individuals who have chosen to take on the role of their lab rat and get the unnecessary and experimental COVID vaccine. Now those snake oil salesmen over at the CDC are now bestowing upon you unwashed peasants the pleasure of being able to get together with one household of unvaccinated deplorables should you have gotten your double needle jab. Also, it has been decreed by the CDC that vaccinated grandparents can visit their unvaccinated grandchildren. Do these fools ever get tired of be clowning themselves? People have been getting together for months in every social setting imaginable. People have been eating out in proximity to strangers in a number of places for months now without getting sick. People have been going to work since the beginning of the pandemic without getting sick. My kids have been visiting their grandparents, and guess what? None of us of us or them have been vaccinated, and none of us have gotten sick either. I've been at work for months now, interacting with people from many different households, many different, you know, life experiences and how they're living their lives. I haven't gotten sick. At what point do these people? Start feeling embarrassed about these statements they put out. Maybe never, I guess. As it seems, they are about as as shameless as a used car salesman, as a used car salesman who's just sold you a lemon. And now they're trying to reel you in to buy another car from them. So let's end on this. A little good news from an economic standpoint. It seems that China may not overtake the US as the world's number one economy after all. A recent report from Capital Economics said that China's workforce is expected to shrink by more than half a percent per year going forward as fewer young people replace the retirees in, in the Chinese workforce. While in the US, the workforce is expected to continue expanding over the next 30 years. It's expected that once the numbers for for uh, for fertility for 2020 are released, China's birth rate is expected to have dropped 15%. This looks like another short-sighted leftist policy here is coming back to haunt the implementers of said policy. I guess that one child per couple is not looking too good right now from... Uh, uh, in China and, and kind of the relaxing of that is really having no effect either. It's I guess been ingrained in people over the decades. Now uh, there's a big behavioral change that isn't taking place that they thought might take place after they they um they relaxed the one child policy. So um, you know again looking at things for in the near term and not considering what are those long term ramifications. Now uh, to be fair uh us remaining number 1 in the you know in the economic rankings is is probably going to hinge on how much of the farm china joe gives away but if we can hold the line throughout his administration the us has a chance to remain the top uh, top dog in perpetuity the uh, report notes that because of this lower birth rate uh, in the last uh, year for china it is likely that China remains the world's number two economy in 2050 through to 2050, trailing America. Now, the last uh, great piece of uh, analysis in this report is perhaps the most stunning. Uh, The the report has a prediction in there that if China does not overtake the U.S. economically by the mid-2030s, it probably never will. Friends hold your heads high and take pride in the fact that American exceptionalism and the economic liberties we have here, and actually, we some of them we need to fight to gain back, I suppose, and beat back some of these big tech monopolies and other kind of monopolistic empires out there. But you know that that's still uh, something that uh, will carry the day for us and and keep us number one. The more we can avoid. It, China-made products, the more we'll be able to ensure our spot is the economic powerhouse of the world. Friends, that's my show for today. I'd be very appreciative if you would check out my website, livingwithlibertypodcast.com. We'll be working over the coming months to add content and resources to the site. Also, I'd be grateful if you shared it with friends and family. All my shows are accessible on my website. As always, I'm extremely grateful for your listenership and appreciate if you would subscribe to my show and leave a positive review should your platform allow for it. It'll help us move up the charts and help more people find the truth. I appreciate you spending part of your day with me. Please help us spread the truth by sharing my show and website with friends and family. My website is livingwithlibertypodcast.com. Also, let's connect. You can do that by subscribing to my show as well as signing up for notifications. Follow me on social media. My main account is on Parlor. I am at Living with Liberty. I am also on MeWe. Just search for Living with Liberty. Liberty isn't a given. We must fight to protect it. Working together, we will do exactly that. Until next time.